Howdy, folks. This is professional rodeo announcer Joe Coulter, and I want to be the first to welcome you to Slave the Cowboy. But before we get started, I want to ask you one question. What is a cowboy? Well, a cowboy is about character, honesty, respect, integrity, strength, and truth. And you know when you scratch all that in the dirt, you're going to spell out the word Christ. And that, in its simplest form, is what being a true cowboy is all about. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready to learn how to ride for the Lord. And may God save the cowboy. Um, we got Neil Wilson's parents with us today, and pleasure to have y'all, and uh, good to see a lot of other people. A uh, little light, but it is, that's the way it is on, on Sundays during, uh, during the week. Uh, welcome to Save the Cowboy. We're a faith-based organization that fosters personal and community growth through our faith in God and through the values of the working ranch cowboy. Those values that we try to instill and keep alive is stuff like courage, honesty, respect, integrity, strength, and truth. And each and every one of us can live those values out every day, no matter where we're at. You don't have to have a horse between your legs to do that. So, uh, anyway, I, I want to read you something. Y'all are a part of something bigger than you would have ever imagined. I'm part of something bigger than even I would have imagined, and we wouldn't have been able to do it without all of us here. I got this message. Oh, man, you got to hear this. I don't know this guy, okay? He just sent me a message on Facebook. Oh, man, you got to hear this. One of our smelter foremen, I figured out smelter has something to do with uh, perfume. One of our smelter foremen is raising his grandkids. He was the one who recently said that I post too much stuff about God and cowboy crap. Stay with me here. That's what he said, not me. Today, he tells me that each night, his granddaughter wants to see the Jesus cowboy. I post your material, Kevin. But the kicker was when Larry told me that she watched your sermon on the devil's ammo. We are talking an inner city 9 to 10 year old girl who is inspired that cowboys love Jesus and she wants to know that cowboys really exist. Is my father capitalized? Is my father not the best? Who knows where this is going to go? We have an awesome God. If that don't send chills up your spine, somebody check your pulse, you might check your own because you're probably dead. That's an amazing, amazing testimony of the fact of what God can do with me, what he can do with y'all, if you just open up your mouth and say something about God. And it doesn't have to be in your face, shotgun blast. It can be, you know, just, how are you? You okay? Be as easy as that. It is no surprise to anyone that in West Texas, where I came from, it was plenty hot. I remember the first time that, uh, or the, the hottest that I ever, I always get this confused. Is it seen it, saw it, something like whatever. The hottest time it ever was while I was there was, uh, was down there, and it was, I mean, driving down the road in my, in my uh, pickup's thermometer, and if you were driving down the road, it was pretty accurate. 
It said, it said 119. And it was so hot that me and some buddies went and got in the Pecos River, and we sat there and got out because it felt like you were taking a hot bath. It was hot. In that same house that me and my brother were living in, we came home one day, and I mean, it was a house of like wood on the outside, sheetrock on the inside, nothing in between. And it had this big plate glass window that faced due west, which was like a magnifying glass to heat up the house. And um, we got home and my brother said, dude, come check this out. And we went, I said, what? And I went into the bathroom and he opened up the shower curtain and there was a head and shoulders bottle, just a shampoo bottle. You know, they're white, kind of shaped like a little football or something, got the blue top on. It had melted and twisted in half. Now you tell me how hot it has to get in a house to melt a head and shoulder shampoo bottle. It doesn't have to get that hot. I was taking a shower and that's just what happened to the shampoo bottle. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I just heard my wife say, oh dear. Whenever I, whenever I lived in South Texas, does anybody else have this type of, of mentality? You can tell that we've all been raised in, in a society of comfort and pretty much, you know, don't have to live within the elements that no matter if it's summer or what, you always have to have at least the sheet over you whenever you sleep. And I know that I'm not the only one. And I, it didn't really matter how hot it was. It could have just been the sheet, you know, pulled up over you or something like that. But South Texas broke me of that because I lived in a house that didn't have, it didn't even have a swamp cooler or nothing down there. And it was like 2,000, 3,000 degrees every day. And I lived in a cinder block house. And I, I had, my bed was literally four by four posts, about that tall. There was four of them with a sheet of half inch plywood nailed with one nail <laughs> right through the center of all of them. You had to be kind of a balance, balance and act sleep on that thing. And then it had a twin mattress and I just throwed my bedroll on there and I would sleep between, I slept in the corner because there was two windows and I'd try to get a cross breeze. Man, I'd be laying out like this. It'd be 98 degrees in the middle of the night. I checked. I bought a thermometer. It was like 99 cents. And um, I put it in that room just to see actually how hot it got. And, and I remember waking up at 2.30 one night to do what I'm about to tell you that I was doing. And um, I checked, and it was like 98 degrees, like 2 o'clock in the morning or something like that. I don't know exactly what time it was. But I guess... I don't know, it must have been my sweet aroma or my charming magnetic personality, but during the night I would have to wake up, lift my pillow up, and sweep the blister beetles out of my bed. Every single night, one or two times, it just got to be a habit. I'd wake up, feel something crawling on me, I'd get up out of bed and I'd just shake my old bedroll out and the blister beetles would just fall in the deal. I've still got two scars on my ankle from getting bit by them. But if you think that sharing your bed with blister beetles is bad, most of us share our bed far more often with something that's a lot worse. But before we go any further, let's go to God in prayer. Dear God, I just ask you to close my mouth right now and let the Holy Spirit speak through me. God, you brought every person here today that's sitting here with us personally or watching on the internet or listening on the radio. God, it's not a chance. There is a message for them here today. 
God, give them the guts to open up their ears. And even if it hurts, to look deep down inside themselves and find out the truth. In your name I pray. Amen. Three weeks ago, we wasn't here last week, but three weeks ago, I started a series called The Devil's Ammo about what happens whenever uh, the devil takes pot shots at us and, and just shoots us in the way he does it. And I said the first ammunition that he uses against us is something called worry. I mean, we think about, you remember in Matthew 28, the great commission where Jesus says, go out into all the world making disciples of all men and all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey what I have commanded. What's the first thing you think of when you think about what Jesus commanded you to do? It probably has something to do with some lofty, something to do with sin or something like that. But do we ever think of Jesus saying, don't worry, as one of the commands? Actually, that, that saying, him saying don't worry or do not fear, something along those lines, was his most often repeated command. Why are you worried? Do not worry. Do not fear. Why do you have little faith? Blah, blah, blah. And I don't mean that in a sacrilegious way. I just mean that he just hounded it into us. We talked about the, how the devil uses worry against us. And then the next week we talked about another one. It, it was getting tougher as it went on because we talked about how the devil uses uh, complaining against us. How often do we speak and we just complain and nitpick and bellyache and about everything. It doesn't matter if it's... Don't matter if it's not raining, we're not getting enough rain. If it rained too much, you know, run to nine, run to nine. It just never matters. We are never satisfied. Never satisfied. And today, we're going to talk about the third one. There's two things that God made it very hard for us to do. God made it very, not to say it can't be done, okay? He didn't make it impossible, but he made two things very hard for us to do. The first one is pat ourselves on the back, and the second one is to kick ourselves. But how often do we spend most of our time trying to do those two things? We're either walking around trying to pat us on our backs with both hands all the time about what we are and who we are and what we've done and how much money we made or the truck we drive or the horse we have or the living quarter horse trailer we got or, or whatever the case may be. And then in the next breath you turn around and you're beating yourself up. What was that? It sounded like I stepped on a pin or something. Sorry. It was a beetle. <laughs> I just had a beetle fall out of my boot. Um, or, instead of walking around patting ourselves on the back, we're beating ourselves up over something. And we just wishy-washy seesaw that back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, either trying to pat ourselves on the back or beating ourselves up over something that we did in the past and there's not a thing in the world that we can do to change that. The first beetle in our bed is something that I like to refer to as bitterness. Bitterness is the form of pride. That's what we're going to talk about today is pride. But there, pride comes in many forms. And the first form that we're going to talk about is bitterness, and it is the form of pride that wants to get back or to inflict pain on others or themselves. How many, and, and please don't raise your hand, but I think that all of us have been bitter about something in our past. 
that we will not let it go, that it's just eating on us. And, you know, we may have a few good days, but then we get back and, and we're just bitter about everything. I'm going to say three words that's going to sting a little, okay? And I, and I understand that, and I ain't trying to hurt you. I ain't trying to hit you with the long yellow hot shot or anything like that. But I want you to listen to me whenever I say these three little words that reveal the truth in all of us. You need to let it go. You know that thing that I'm talking about. You need to let it go. There was, uh, we were gathering cattle one time on the Rocker B Ranch, and there was a right-of-way, you know, oil field's real big down there, and, and they'll cut these right-of-ways where the pipelines go through, and they just literally just, you know, clear a path. It looks like a runway down through the mesquite, and we had tons of mesquite. And sometimes on those right-of-ways was the only time that you could see each other. And so we would get to one of these pipeline right-of-ways, and we'd stop, and we'd kind of all line back up. And I was sitting there like this, and... and uh Another fellow, either Billy or Lance, was sitting on the other side and everything. And all of a sudden, you know, we're pushing all the cattle this way, and all of a sudden we heard this crashing, man. It sounded like a, uh, a, a, a pterodactyl or, or dinotactyl or something was coming through the brush. And we were kind of looking, and, you know, horses' ears are up like that. And all of a sudden we seen about three cows go, whoo, 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 the wrong way. So we wheeled our horses around, and I snatched my old rope off the off the horn, and I'm eloping through that brush, and it's like a Jedi star mesquite fighter going through that brush, and I was on a horse called Streak. That guy was this big, and his brain was about the size of a dinosaur's. He didn't care. He didn't go around stuff. He just went through it, and if you couldn't hang on, that was your fault. He was great in the brush to an extent. I was glad I, I was skinny because he'd do his head like this, and I'd be like that. Y'all ever seen that, that, that show on TV called Hole in the Wall where they have to do these crazy deals and the, they have to fit through the hole. That's what I would do on that horse. I'd get down behind him when we'd go through there. But anyway, I had my loop built like this and all of a sudden I'm loping through the brush and the loop gets jerked out of my hand and I look back and it's caught on this twig about this big around. And so what I did is I just turned around and I was going to go like that just to flip it off. That twig was made out of titanium because that loop snuck down uh, tight on that deal and whenever I went like that I ran all 30 feet, it was before I was a 60 foot roper, I run all, thank goodness it was only a 30 foot rope I run 38 feet of a 30 foot rope through my hand just there's a part of me that's stupid that will not let go just, just a little longer. I can hold on to it just a little bit longer. And then the icing on the cake is when that knot slips through. Pow! Felt like it broke my hand. I kept going though, mainly because I figured if I went fast enough, it'd dry the tears that was coming out of my eyes. They asked me if I was going to go find my rope. I said no. That mesquite bush wanted it so bad he could have the dadgum thing. It had a bunch of misses in it anyway. But my old hand just, I mean, it swelled up, looked like, you know, it was horrible. It was horrible. But how often do we do the same thing with a grudge or something that happened in our past? It's, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal, but we go like this, and it just runs through our hand, and we are so dumb that we will not let it go. We get some morbid satisfaction 
over self-destruction when the simplest thing would be just let it go. It would cause us a lot less pain. Just let it go. What do you need to let go? Let it go. These wounds get infected and pride is the infection that causes bitterness. Because in the root of bitterness is pride. Well, I don't like what that person did to me or I didn't like that circumstance or it was my boss's fault. It, it places blame and all of this stuff. But in itself, bitterness, pride is at the root of it. And bitterness is it will get infected and it will just eat and eat and eat and eat. And unfortunately, it's kind of like whenever you forget to put deodorant on. After a while, you get used to your own smell, but everybody else around you thinks you stink. But that's what bitterness will do. You'll think everything is just fine, but you have become a stinking thing walking around, and nobody likes to be around a stinking thing. Because you start worrying and complaining, and it's all rooted in pride and bitterness because we will not let it go. Hebrews 12, 14 and 15 talks about this very thing. It says, Try to be at peace with everyone and try to live a holy life. Now, I, I love two words in there. I absolutely adore Two words in there, because you want to know what a cowboy is at the heart of everything? It's not about roping, it's not about cattle, it's not about this, it's not about hats, it's not about boots. It's about a three-letter word called try. Try to be at peace with everyone and try to live a holy life. Now what that says there is... We have a responsibility. We're not going to get it right every time, but we need to try to do it. And when it says try to be at peace with everyone, that doesn't mean, well, I will be at peace with everyone if they will be at peace with me. That is not what try means. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they would got bucked off their horse, and you know they hadn't rode in like nine years since then. They say, how do y'all cowboys do it? You fall off, get bucked off, get pulled off, whatever the case may be, and y'all just get right back on. How come it doesn't hurt you? And I said, it hurts us just as bad as it hurts anybody, but we've got try. We get back on, because that's what we do. Try. It's an intentional action each and every day, and that's what Hebrews 12, 14 and 15 says. Try to be at peace with everyone and try to live a holy life because no one will see the Lord without it. Think about that. No one will see the Lord unless you try to be at peace with everyone and you try to live a holy life. Guard against turning back from the grace of God. Let no one become like a bitter plant that grows up and causes many troubles with its poisons. Think about everything I've said as I read that again. Try to be at peace with everyone and try to live a holy life because no one will see the Lord without it. Guard against turning back from the grace of God. Let no one become like a bitter plant that grows up and causes many troubles with its poison. That's what being bitter does to us and everybody around us. Bitterness. I think it was a couple of days ago, me and Riley were, were driving down the road and, and, and we saw something that, 
I didn't even know existed. I really didn't. And Riley was the one that saw it and pointed it out. She's got eyes like an eagle. And she said, look, Dad, there's the Appaloosama. Somebody had crossed an Appaloosa horse with a llama. That gave me something to think about because now there's something out there that is dumb and scary. I'm going to get in trouble for that one after this is over with. <laughs> From the Appaloosa people and the Llama people. I don't care. <laughs> you know what, what happens when you cross? Pride and hate. Just like an Appaloosa and a Llama, what happens whenever you combine... Pride and hate. It's called ego. And it is the second beetle that will crawl in your bed. A guy named Eckhart Tolle, I didn't look up, he may be mass murderer, I, I don't know, but this is pretty cool what he said. All you need to know and observe in yourself is this. All you need to know and observe yourself is this. Observe in yourself is this. Whenever you feel superior or inferior to anyone, that's the ego talking in you. Think about that. All you need to know, to know and observe in yourself is this. Whenever you feel superior or inferior to anyone, that's the ego talking in you. Ego is the part of us that thinks that we are God. And that part thrives in every one of us. Ego is the part of us that says, we are God. Ego says, I am the origination of truth. If I don't think that something's right, then it must be wrong, and it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. I know what is right and wrong. The origination of right and wrong begins and ends with the way I think about it. If you don't think that's the truth, then why do you argue with people? You think this way, they think this way, it develops into an argument, and if you think that you are so right and you're willing, and, and we're not talking about biblical, we're just talking about, look at the Republicans and Democrats. Think about that for a second. You know what? If, they, if both sides would just look to God, this country would be a lot better off. Hey, before you shut that knob off, let me tell you something. If you like today's program, we can all give a great big thank you to Western LLC. They're a turnkey development for oil and gas and aviation industries. You can get on the internet and visit them at westernllc.com. Also, Jim and Kelly Gerald at Integrity Auto Repair and Rod Denning at Tumbleweed Hay and Hauling, all of them out of Kiowa, Colorado. You ought to know by now that I ain't going to jerk your leg. <laughs> okay, maybe every once in a while, but this one ain't no story. This here's the truth. We need your help to stay on the air and keep this gospel being spread to cowboys and cowgirls like you. It ain't easy to ask, I promise you. We'll even tell all your friends that are listening that it's you that are bringing it to them. Help us out by going to SaveTheCowboy.com and contacting me. Call me and let's get this thing set up. Don't leave it to somebody else. <laughs>